This is the Annenberg Learner Podcast, where we aim to elevate the education profession through conversations that inspire, recognize, and encourage innovation and best practices in the field. We track the lived experience of teachers, students, and parents alongside the ecosystem that serves them. Guest speakers will share what's working and the steps we can take to reimagine and redesign teaching and learning for our most vulnerable populations. Every, you know, every school year, we look at our data at the end of the school year. And the kids that have worked uh, with an Encore tutor have stated that you know 84% of them said they are more confident in their math class. 97% of them reported that they have improved in math because of their Encore STEMX tutor. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Annenberg Learner Podcast. I'm very excited to introduce Angel Beamer. I had the pleasure of meeting Angel a few years ago in my previous work, and I'm really excited to hear the latest update from her. And so I'll read a quick bio on Angel and then we'll get started. Angel is a national program director for Encore. Its mission is to encourage students to get involved with STEM with support from STEM professionals and college students enrolled in their tutors and teachers program. Angel joined Encore in 2016 to support a scaling strategy across Southern California and is now helping Encore scale nationwide. She brings experience as a teacher, public school magnet coordinator, and nonprofit program director with keen insight and working knowledge of the challenges many public schools face. Welcome, Angel. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about Encore and what the vision is behind the organization? We were founded in 2007. Now we're in California and New York, um, and we have our tutor program in Denver. But we connect high-quality STEM industry professionals and those with advanced STEM degrees um, with students in under-resourced communities because we believe that every student should have access to a high quality STEM education. And so the first program that we launched in 2007 is the Encore STEM Teachers Program. Um, And in that program, we recruit, select, and support STEM industry professionals, those with advanced STEM degrees, who um, are interested in and passionate about possibly transitioning from industry into teaching in high needs, middle and high schools teaching STEM. Um, in 2020, uh, at the height of COVID, we launched our STEMX tutor program where we um, tutor middle school students in math uh, and we match them with a STEM industry professional. Got it. And how does um, a professional that is potentially on this path, how do they hear about Encore? Uh, I imagine it's a, it's a unique transition given that they've already had a lot of professional experience in their field. Yeah, so um, we, you know, we're on all the 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 platforms, LinkedIn, um, Indeed, but we're also, you know, because of our our fellows come from industry, they're alumni of the MIT Association in NorCal or SoCal, and so they, you know, or they worked, um, they work at NASA and in aerospace, or they work work at Google. What is the the number one reason those professionals decide to do that transition? Because it doesn't seem rational, does it? So what we're not doing is accepting those who maybe their, you know, consulting gig isn't working out. So they think they just want to be a teacher or they want summers off. Like that's not going to work, right? Um, the 
candidates that come into our program, it's one or two things that brought them to us. One of them being, I always wanted to be a teacher, but I somehow didn't go on that path. I got my degree in STEM, like let's say engineering. I went into a career in engineering that wasn't teaching. Um, but in my engineering career, I actually got to train people and I really loved it. I was good at it. And so, you know, now I'm at a point in my life that I actually can explore maybe getting back to what I really wanted to do, which is teaching and or um, teaching has always been in their family. So their parents were teachers, grandparents, partner, et cetera. Um, those are the top two reasons that people come into our program. And they all just want to make an impact in the lives of students and create STEM awareness and STEM identity in, in students. That's incredible. So now that they're in the program, what is the program like? What kind of experiences do they get? And then what happens when they complete it? If we're talking about the STEM teachers program, so once they come into our program, they are uh, matched with a program coordinator. Um, all of our program coordinators are all credentialed teachers. Um, and so when they come into our program, we have a welcome call with them. It's part of our on onboarding. Everybody comes in with a different situation. Some will say, come into our program and say, I am actually retiring in the next two years. So I'm on more of an extended plan. I don't intend to transition for the next two to three years. And we say, okay, great. Perfect. Then we will have some that'll say, I'm ready to teach this time next year. I want to be on an ex accelerated pathway. Um, and so that informs us like what the support's going to look like for each of our program coordinators in terms of how we're going to support that fellow. Um, the biggest component of, of our program and, and really the heart of our program is what we call volunteer guest teaching. So once they come into our program, um, we then introduce them to a host teacher. It's a veteran teacher at one of our school partners. We only partner with high needs schools. And what they do, and these schools are amazing, they allowed us to um, have our fellows in classrooms during the instructional day exploring teaching. Um, so the average age of our fellows is 45 years old. Um, so some have not been in a middle school or high school classroom in a while. And so even though they've got this passion, they've always had it, we want them to make an informed decision before going to that next step, which is credentialing and spending the time and the money and then realize like, this is not what I thought. And then they get out and does none of us any good, right? The guest teaching, the school allows the fellow to come in for two hours a week minimum. They Some fellows are there five hours a week. Um, for 10 weeks. And it's always with the same students in the same class so they can build those relationships. Um, and during the guest teaching experience, the first couple of weeks, they're just observing and just kind of taking it all in. Um, while they're doing that, though, they are working in our volunteer module in Google Classroom. And the, uh, they're doing reflections and observations during their guest teaching experience. And we've aligned them to the TPEs, the teacher performance expectations. We're just trying to get out ahead of the credentialing program and just really introducing that language to them. Because here's the thing, they come into our program as experts in STEM. So experts in science, biology, chemistry, math. But in terms of teaching that subject in a way that every student is able to access it is a whole different story. That's the art of teaching. That's pedagogy. And we really want them to see what that looks like and understand it. So, you know, by week three, four, the host teacher is saying, hey, you want to jump into this small group and give some direct instruction and help or work with a student one-on-one? -on -one? 
by week five, the host teacher might say, hey, do you want to teach a small part of the lesson with me and co-teach with me? Or do you want to do the warm-up for today? And really what they're ramping up to is by week eight, they're going to create a lesson plan. They're not a teacher yet, so the host teacher helps them. And by week 10 or 11, they're going to teach that lesson to the class or classes they've been volunteering in. They will get feedback from their host teacher. The program coordinator goes in and gives feedback. And the students give feedback, which is like my favorite part. And I will say within three weeks, I would say probably 95% of our fellows go, this is it. This is what I want to do. Talk to me about next steps. Um, And next steps would be, all right, let's look at a credential program that uh, will work for you, um, make sense for you, whether that's a residency program, an intern program. Um, But here's the thing. We might have some say, this is actually not what I thought it was. And so I think I don't want to be a teacher, but I do want to continue to give in, you know, have an impact in the lives of students. And so they might become a STEM X tutor. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'd love to hear if you can maybe speak to a, a particular story of a, of a fellow who went through the STEM, STEM teacher program and became a teacher. What does their then teacher trajectory look like? Um, do you have any data on how long they stick around as a teacher in these um, in these schools? Yeah, totally. So on average, 80, I think it was 83% of our teachers stay in the pro- profession five plus years. Um, when they come to us, they tell us like, this is my next chapter and this was this is going to be my legacy. I also just want to mention that so far we've had two LAUSD rookie teachers of the year. Wow. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm curious what you think the challenges in getting more teachers in STEM education, because as we all know, there's not enough of them. There's not enough teachers, definitely not enough STEM teachers. And Encore is really wor- working to, to change that. So why does that exist? I'm just going to say it's not easy to find these people, the, the uh, unicorns, right, who want to li- leave industry some of them making six figures and go into teaching. I would never act like it was, but I will say this, if if we want to make teaching a more desirable profession, we need to pay teachers a salary that they can live off of. I've been a teacher. I believe, I think you've been a teacher. It is exhausting. It's the most rewarding job that I've ever had, but it's exhausting. And so to then have to come home from a full day and work another job because your teaching salary doesn't pay enough for you to live is pretty ridiculous. Also, politics needs to stay out of the classroom. I think that also is um, scaring people a little bit. And those are big things to tackle that I don't, you know, Encore obviously doesn't have any control of. Uh, All we can do is keep pushing forward in the work that we're doing and trying to solve this very complex problem. COVID left a devastating impact on students. Today, only two in 10 fifth graders from low-income families in Los Angeles meet grade-level standards in math. Step Up Tutoring provides free one-on-one online math tutoring. Join as a volunteer tutor, and they will provide all the support you need to tutor and mentor one of the millions of youth who lost educational opportunities during the pandemic. Apply today at steptuptutoring.org. How do you see, and as a former educator, how do you see schools approach STEM in the classroom in general? Before I came to Encore, I really didn't know any different. 
And now that I do, it's like mind blown. And and I'll tell you why. Like by year seven, I thought I was a pretty good teacher. And I didn't teach STEM. I taught like more humanities. But I thought it was pretty good. You know, I thought I was making an impact. And then I go into encore teachers classrooms and I'm like, well, I wasn't even near this good year two. They're killing it because they come with such a different lens. You know, they're teaching a subject that they've applied in their industry for on average of 15 years. And so they're not teaching just out of a book and standing in front of a classroom and jotting down notes why students, you know, take notes and then there's a quiz and a test, right? That's teacher-centered. Encore teacher classrooms are super student-centered. It's project-based. It's hands-on. Because they came from industry, they understand how to make that subject relevant to the lives of students, to the world around them. They really make sure that students know how to apply what they're learning. Let me tell you, every time I go into one of their classrooms, I'm taking notes going, if I ever go back to teaching, I'm going to I'm going to steal this best practice. I'm still in that strategy. I think like we need to be more comfortable with the sort of project-based problem-solving approach. And the teacher can be the facilitator, but let, let them, you know, really, really critically think and work together and solve these problems and figure it out and then come back together and talk about it. And I just think there's not enough of that happening. Yeah, it makes me um, think about I guess that a lot of the research shows that a student-led classroom, student-centric, project-based, hands-on, you know, connected to their real world, um, produces outcomes for students. And it's so hard to get um, a traditional teacher with the path that we have laid out to become a teacher to teach in that way. But for these professionals, it seems like a no-brainer. So I'm wondering how right. we marry those so that it becomes easier and that burden or lift, what seems to be a heavy lift is gone or minimized. Yeah. And by the way, I, I'm not judging teachers that, you know, don't come from industry and are teaching more traditional at all. Um, I think every teacher is doing the absolute best that they can. Um, and intentions are good, obviously. But, you know, in terms of classroom management, they need to, there are, you know, teachers who didn't come from industry who really, really understand how your curriculum can help inform that classroom management. So I think like, honestly, sharing strategies with each other, whether it's classroom management, differentiation of instruction, like all those things, it's just working together and sharing best practices with each other. And I don't think it happens enough, to be honest. I agree. And, uh, I mean, I, I believe teachers are always trying to improve their practice, right? So um, yep. given the opportunity to learn from others and see how their peers do things is is a way to continue to improve their practice. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you you um, talked about the STEMX Tutors Program, and I know it started in uh, 2020. How is that going? And um, who who are the tutors? So we had always had on our radar, we were always, because we were a STEM teachers program and we have, you know, STEM industry professionals who come fellows who want to teach math. So we're always looking at data. We were always looking at the amount of the percentage of students that were proficient or not proficient in math. Super concerning. The last data I read was like only 26% of eighth graders in the United States are proficient in math. And um, 
the stats are even more dire for our students of color. And when COVID hit and in late summer 2020, we, you know, we were looking at all of this and we were very, very concerned. Like they're already not performing at proficient at math. There are so many gaps already. What is going to happen to these kids when school starts in the fall and everything's online? And so I had an idea in my head and because time was of the essence, school had already started. I was running, flying the plane as I was building it. And so what I did was I um, went to two of our partner schools uh, on the STEM Encore STEM teachers side and said, hey, I've got this idea for a tutor program, uh, tutoring middle school students in math, sixth graders. We're going to start with a cohort of sixth graders. Um, would like to pilot it with you. Are you down? And of course, they were like, absolutely. Um, and so what it looked like that first year is uh, students were identified by the school site as needing this program, needing to be tutored by a STEM industry professional. Once parents were on board, everybody was on board, we then matched each student. It was a one-to-one with a STEM industry professional um, to tutor that student in math. And we had a cohort of 25 sixth graders at both of those schools. It was a commitment. They're getting tutored twice a week for an hour each session with the same tutor. And obviously we wanted them to, we wanted to see an impact in their math proficiency, but we also wanted them to connect to this STEM industry professional, their tutor, and to start creating some STEM awareness as authentically as you possibly could in these sessions, which happened. And so those sixth graders are now in high school and many of them have stayed with their tutor, which is like, did not expect that to happen, but fantastic. And so now it's turned into a lot of mentoring, which I love, but we found because we do have data that we can back up. During that pilot season, uh, 84% of the students either maintain, which we thought in a COVID year, they didn't fall backwards. They maintain their math proficiency or they increased it some by two grade levels. Now, our tutors are from all over the country. The sixth graders are actually in a classroom either after school or during the instructional day. We are tutoring a math intervention class. Um, And so they're logging on to meet with their tutors on a two-to-one Um, Once they go to seventh and and eighth grade, if they decide, you know, I can manage this at home and just meet my tutor virtually at home at a date and time that we, twice a week that works for us, that's fine. We support that as well. That's great. So you mentioned that those those first students are now high school students. Um, What does the participation look like now and what's the reach of the program in terms of numbers of students served? Yeah, so um, we've served close to 200 students. Um, Last year, 90% of the sixth graders that tutored with us increased their math proficiency compared to 70% of the sixth graders at the school site who didn't have an encore tutor. So what we're hearing and the feedback we're getting from our tutors, because they do give uh, feedback after every tutoring session, um, and so we do have that data as well. But what they're telling us is they're doing a little bit of math, And now it's more about mentoring and um, looking at STEM fields that they're potentially interested in and creating that STEM awareness. And also when they're 18, you know, we've heard that there's, they're going to help them with their LinkedIn page. They're going to help them network. They're going to help them with college apps, which we, you know, we, maybe that's a new program. We eventually down the road, build out a mentor program, TBD. It's gone beyond like my wildest dreams. 
Yeah, it sounds transformational for those students. Well, and the tutor participating in this relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I also just wanted to point out that I think is really important is that, you know, like I said, we collect data after every, you know, every school year, we look at our data at the end of the school year. And the kids that have worked uh, with an Encore tutor have stated that, you know, 84% of them said they are more confident in their math class. 97% of them reported that they have improved in math because of their Encore STEMX tutor. And then in terms of, you know, developing that STEM identity, which we also work towards, um, 90% reported that they have a good understanding of how they will use math in their daily life. 82% said that they understand, they know more about different kinds of STEM jobs. And 67% said that they be they believe they belong in STEM. Um, those were our sixth graders. I think as they continue to work with their STEMX tutor, that number will just get higher and higher. We have some of the best tutors and, and they're volunteers. They love it. They just want to give back and, and have an impact in the life of a student. And, and you're catching them at the critical point because I think sixth grade is when math starts to, people stop, start to drop off of, of math. And exactly, they can, yep. they can really change, you know, their attitude and around it. But with this, with this program and with the connection to um, this adult that's helping them navigate um, math and STEM, hopefully most of those kids are, are sticking with it. Will they end up in a STEM field? I don't know. Are they going to go after a STEM degree? Are they, you know, going to, um, do they want to be a coder and get certificates? Like, I don't know. We'll continue to follow them as best we can for sure. Well, thank you, Angel. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Uh, what are you currently reading, watching, or listening to these days? I'm not really reading anything other than like articles that I see online about STEM education. <laughs> That's all I'm doing. I'm too tired at night. I just close my eyes and go to bed. Um, but I listen to a lot of podcasts um, and I, because I'm in the car a lot here in LA. So I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, my son who is a sophomore in college, he's constantly trying to get me to watch these different sort of anime um, shows on Netflix, which they're, I have, they're pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what's going on right now. Got it. And is there anything that you would like to share with our learner audience before we sign off? I would just always encourage teachers. I don't, whether you're year one, year five, year 10, you're, you're always going to learn from other teachers and to spend as much time in their classroom as you possibly can after school, during your conference period, and just constantly, you know, collect more tools for your, your tool belt and then and have the opportunity to share your own. Welcome back to the Learner Podcast, everyone. On today's Teacher Influencer segment, I have the pleasure of introducing Bryson Tarbett. Bryson Tarbett is a pre-K through sixth grade general music teacher just outside of Columbus, Ohio. 
In 2018, Bryson started that Music Teacher LLC with the goal of sharing different perspectives on issues pertaining to the lives of music educators across the country. He also hosts That Music Podcast, a podcast for elementary music teachers, and is the educator behind the Elementary Music Summit. Bryson, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'd love to hear what influenced you to become a music teacher. I had a lot of reasons why I became a teacher, a lot of um, kind of things that fell into place. My parents were both teachers. My grandpa was a teacher. So I, I always knew education was probably a safe bet. That's amazing. So uh, some of the research shows that students' interest in music declines between the first or second year of instruction. How do you encourage your students to stick with music long after they've taken your the more we can get them doing music as early as possible, the biggest thing you can do. Um, but the next thing is to make it relevant. Whatever subject we're teaching, make it so that it isn't this thing that happens in a box that this is music class music. And just this is what music is or this what this is what music can mean. And this is what music, how music could work. Okay. Assuming there's only one music teacher at an elementary school site. What kind of opportunities exist for collaboration and um, sharing of best practices with your colleagues in the field? The reality is, is many music teachers, the vast majority, I would say, are the only music teacher in that school, sometimes even the only music teacher in the district. What suggestions would you give to parents and educators who want to spark a love of music in young people? Look at a baby, look at a toddler. They're constantly singing, they're babbling. The reality is, is we want to be musical, and then sometimes we gradually get less and less. It's cultural, it's societal, but the reality is, is music is more than just classical music. It is the sounds we hear around us. It's the way, it's just another art form. The Annenberg Learner Podcast joins the catalog of multimedia professional learning content to support educators teaching in more effective ways. Annenberg Learner is the education division of the Annenberg Foundation. Learner supports the foundation's mission to encourage the development of more effective ways to share ideas and knowledge. Go to learner.org and annenberg.org to learn more.